Um, he he's great because he makes time for me. He protects me. He loves me. He is who he is and that he's always making me laugh and he loves me no matter what and I'm just so grateful for him. <laughs> oh my gosh, what doesn't make him great? Um, he is the perfect example of a father, I think, and I mean, no one's perfect, but he's very close, very, very close. Uh, he's very helpful and he's very smart. So like when we have a problem with math or science, he always helps me. I think the thing that really makes my dad great is his willingness to sacrifice and his willingness to work hard to better the lives of all the people around him and especially the family, so yeah. Smart. Yeah. And strong. Yeah. And fast. Yeah. And brave. Yeah. So he's all these things. The way he just, he loves me so much and the way he disciplines me sometimes when I do things that maybe I shouldn't be doing. Um, that he helped me, he helps me all the time when I need um, help with my work. Is daddy fun? Yeah. Yeah, he's fun? <laughs> he's always patient with me no matter what. He's like really encouraging to me and he always helps me out with things I'm trying to do. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. You're the best dad in the world. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. I love you, Dad. I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I love you. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. I love you, Dad. Love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day, Papa. I love you. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. I love you. So much? So much. More than pizza? What then? Peach? More than ice cream? What? Ice I just want to say on this special weekend, happy Father's Day. And today we're talking about super dads. And for me, my dad was a superhero. He was strong and he was uh, true blue. He was the same at home, uh, in our community, uh, in our church. And he just was a man of integrity. He gave me... Um, the greatest gift that I have in my life, and that is faith. He gave me a faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, being dad is not an easy job. In fact, it can seem overwhelming. I remember when I became a dad, our firstborn, our girl Mandy, and I remember holding her in my arms. I can, I can picture the, the rocking chair that I was in, and I felt completely overwhelmed. I felt this job is too much for me. I knew my imperfections, I know my flaws, and I just didn't want to mess it up. 
I was holding in my arms a, a, a little piece of eternity, an eternal soul. And I, I remember asking God, oh God, please help me not to mess this up. It was overwhelming for a mere mortal like I am and like all of us are. And as we talk today, we're going to look into the scriptures. We're going to look at a, a mortal man, but he was a super dad. Uh, his name is Joseph, uh, and he just stands out in the story. And of course, we've been in our series called Fear Not, and uh, there was a very key point in his life where he had to hear this message. I think all dads need to hear the message, fear not. In this series, we've been talking about stop focusing on your fears and shift over to focus on your faith. Joseph needed to hear that. An angel had to speak to him. His life was kind of really falling apart. Uh, his... Um, betrothed wife. This was a little bit beyond engagement, but a little less than married in the times of uh, Mary and Joseph. And they, they were promised to be married. It was everything, but they had no intimacy. And she comes to him in that time and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And Joseph knows it's not my baby. And Mary says, well, it, it, the Holy Spirit. And he is confused. In fact, he's getting ready to uh, separate from Mary. He's getting ready not to be the dad of Jesus, the, the foster father of Jesus. And God speaks to him at that time. And what does he say? Do not fear. I want you to take Mary. I want you to take her as your wife. And I want you to know that what she has conceived, I know it's hard for your mind to really capture it, but it's been conceived. This little baby has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Do not fear. Can you see this? The Holy Spirit, when we get a focus on the Holy Spirit, we don't have to be afraid. And for dads that are facing huge challenges and uh, they're alive this weekend, maybe for you that's going through this weekend and it's a tough weekend, maybe you had a great super dad. Or maybe you had not such a good dad. Maybe you didn't know your dad at all. Um, in this time, it can be hard for dads that have lost a child, children that have lost a dad. Maybe it's the first Father's Day without your dad here on the earth. And I want to just say the message the angel said to Joseph, and we're going to look at this life, a human life. But the message, fear not, shifted him from this moment of confusion to a moment of clarity. And as we look at his life, we find this super dad, like I think God would like all of us to be, and if you're not a dad or you're not a parent, at least we want to pass on to the next generation something better. Maybe we don't have children, but we want to pass on to that generation. So this weekend that we think about dads, of course, we think about parenting. There are, there are some moms who are single moms, and you're filled in both roles. That's not easy. Let's just talk about the superpower of not fearing. Fear diminishes your power. It's why our, our theme scripture for this series comes out of 2 Timothy 1.7. God doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. Fear makes you powerless 
but God makes you powerful. And Joseph found that. And we're going to look at some superpowers that Joseph had. And there's superpowers that God wants you to have as well. Just look at some of these with me, if you would. Let's look at the, the superpower that Joseph had. And it would be good for all of us to have the superpower of humility. Many of you would know, if I asked you, what profession, what job did Joseph had? And he was a carpenter. In fact, Jesus was called the carpenter's son. He was... Um, he could have worked with wood or even with stone. That word could be a stonemason. He was, a, he was a, a laborer. He worked with his hands. It was a, a humble existence. He wasn't a, a famous minister of his day. He wasn't a famous doctor of his day. He wasn't a famous, really a famous anything. He was Joe the carpenter. And we can see the the humble status of their lives when they come to bring an offering to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph come according to the word of God and they bring an offering. And the scripture tells us the kind of offering that they bought. They brought two uh, turtle doves. Now they were doing that because the word of God said when you are celebrating the birth of this firstborn son, uh, you, you need to bring a ram and two doves. But if you can't afford the ram, bring the doves. So what kind of people were Mary and Joseph? From a humble status of life. They, can you imagine, I'm sure Joseph would have loved to bring the best thing he could to celebrate. Mary would have loved to bring the best gift, but these were humble people. And we just have to understand that we can't let the world describe to us what a super dad is. We can't let the world describe to us what a star is, what an important life is. If you reach this title, if you get this kind of job, if you have this kind of income, Joseph had the power of humility. He brought honor to the blue collar. He was a blue collar worker, get that. And he just showed up. He didn't have to shift jobs for God to use him. He lived in humility, but it was a power. Sometimes people say, well, I've got I've to shift places to serve God. I've got to shift professions to serve God. You can serve God with the profession that you are in. If you are, if you are a blue-collar worker, Joseph says, hey, in that place, you can be mightily used by God. Humility just shows up and says, I'm going to help you. Joseph just did what he could to help Mary, to help Jesus, to raise Jesus. He lived in humility, and humility was a superpower that Joseph had. You know, even in business now, they are doing research, not a part of the Bible, not part of scriptures at all, and they've identified top-level leaders have this superpower. The superpower to know it's not just about me. How can I help you? That's how Joseph lived. How can I help you? You know what other superpower he had? He had the superpower of receiving divine guidance. Uh, we have many times, four times specifically, that we know that God spoke to Joseph. Uh, we know that the Lord in Matthew 1 and uh, 20, 21 appeared to say, Joseph, Herod 
is, uh, is going to be um, part of you, the story. Mary is going to have this child. Things seem to be confusing. You don't understand all that's going on, but what does he say? We've already read that scripture. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. And he, so he does, he does exactly what the Lord directed him to. Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. You know what he did? <laughs> he shook off the fear, the confusion of this wife-to-be that was pregnant, not with his child. He shook off that fear, and he took her as his wife. When Herod was going to try to kill Jesus just as a, as a young child, the Lord speaks to him in Matthew chapter 2 and says, okay, you've got to get to Egypt. And I love the fact that he, he just took decisive action. When God spoke to him, it says he got up that night and said, come on, we're leaving. He, he listened and he obeyed. He received divine guidance. Uh, when it was time for him then to go back to Israel, again, the Lord speaks to him. We have that in, in Matthew chapter 2 as well, verse 19. He says, go back to Israel. When he gets back to Israel in verse 22, he says, hey, it's dangerous living in the southern part of, the, of Israel. You need to get up to the north. This is why Jesus was known to be from Nazareth, because God directed them, and Joseph was the one that received that guidance. I just notice that he wasn't a prophet. He, he wasn't a, a priest. He wasn't a king. He was a carpenter. Please understand, dads, you don't, you don't have to like stand on a stage. You can work with your hands and God wants to speak to you. God has to some things to say to you. He wants to use his word as you read God's word. He wants to give you guidance. He would like you to grow in your fatherhood. He would like you to grow in your influence. He would like to bless you, but you've got to exercise the superpower of receiving divine guidance. Uh, in your prayer time, in your time of meditation, do you know that God is trying to speak to you? Have an ear to hear what God would say. Here's how you can tell if God is speaking to you. He's always raising you up. He's always challenging you to grow. Raise the bar a little higher. He's always forming you and challenging you to become more like Christ. Listening and obeying is a superpower for all dads. Joseph had it. How about this superpower? He had the superpower of mercy. He was a very... Uh, kind and gentle man. In fact, when Mary came and said, hey, I'm having a baby. I know it's not yours. Uh, before they had come together, she was found to be. That must have been quite a conversation. Just imagine. Here's Joseph. He's a, he's a good man. He's, he loves Mary. He's waiting. He's excited to get married. And she says, hey, I'm pregnant. And uh, she starts telling him it's the Holy Spirit. But his heart is filled with fear. That's why the angel has to show up. And after the angel shows up, there's a change in direction. Because before the angel shows up, he said, I'm, I'm just going to break things off. I'm going to have a, literally a, a writ of divorce. When they were engaged, it was like a legal document. It was called betrothal. They were, they were promised to be married. And there were three things that he could have done at this time. Because Mary was pregnant, the law said that she could be stoned publicly. In his mercy, he doesn't do that. 
the law said you can, you can divorce her publicly and just tell people, I'm divorcing Mary because she is pregnant with a child. I know it's not my child. But what's the choice he takes? He takes the third and most merciful choice. I'm going to quietly, privately say, Mary, things are over. Then the angel shows up. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Take this woman. And there's actually, you just note this if you're taking notes. He, he goes beyond mercy. He goes to grace. <laughs> he doesn't just not divorce her. He takes her home as his wife. Grace walks in when everyone else walks out. He had this opportunity. I'm going to walk out on my Mary. But he says, Mary, I'm going to take you as my wife. I'm going to raise this child. I'm going to love this Jesus that's coming into our homes. He was a merciful, gracious man. And I just encourage you, men, be tenderhearted. Uh, don't walk out. Walk in. And uh, give grace. Share mercy. It's a superpower that really blessed this home and family. Uh, we, we would try to teach our kids about mercy as we raise them. And uh, we, we taught them when, when you uh, get off track. Our, our kids did good things, and sometimes they did not so good things, sometimes bad things. We always taught them, hey, your actions have consequences. That's why we had discipline in our home. But we would teach them, Sometimes they would do something bad. They knew there was a consequence coming. They knew there was a discipline coming. And we'd say, okay, we're not, we know you, we know there's discipline that's needed, but we're not going to give discipline. We're going to show mercy. Mercy is when we withhold what you should get. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. And so we try to raise our kids, our family, in, a, in an atmosphere of mercy and grace. It's a superpower. It's a superpower that will bless your home, bless your family. And it's a superpower that Joseph had. And it's a superpower that can be alive in your heart as well. Here we go, number four superpower. He had incredible self-control. We know that before the angels showed up and started talking um, to him and, and to Mary, these angels started giving them this message. Hey, you're favored by God. You're going to have the, the Messiah, the Christ, is going to be your, yours to raise. We know that he exercised self-control because when the angels showed up, there wasn't a question in Mary's heart or in Joseph's heart. They were living in purity. They were waiting until they were married. So Mary didn't have to wonder, oh, maybe there was that time. No. Joseph and Mary practice self-discipline, self-control. In fact, after, this had to take self-control as well. After he took her to be his wife, he wasn't intimate with her until Jesus was born. Now we know that after he, he had, we know four names of sons that they had together, and they were brothers of Jesus. We know he had sisters, so we know they had a family. But watch this. When there wasn't a biological reason to be with Mary, and I, can you, for those of you like me, can you remember when you were young and you were so excited to get married? Uh, Darla, uh, sweet Darla Joy lived 3,000 miles away from me, and I thank God for every mile. 
We imagine Mary, now legally, now legally, she's his. Legally, they can share intimacy, but there was a prophet. The prophet Isaiah had said in Isaiah chapter 7, 14, we know that verse that says that a virgin is going to give birth. So he controlled himself in order to fulfill scripture. Self-discipline believes God enough to do what God wants us to do. It makes a commitment and stays with it. And Joseph was an incredible man of commitment. And what we need in this age, we need men to rise up of commitment, committed to their God, committed to Jesus, committed to their families. This is the kind of life that Joseph lived. It was a superpower. He did the right thing. He did the honorable thing. And I encourage you to know God's word, to hear the guidance, to read, to pray, to listen, but then to do. Self-discipline is the power to do. Self-control says, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to wait. That's what he did. He was an incredible man of self-discipline and self-control. And then let me just bring this fifth one. He had uh, incredible faith. He was someone that knew God's word, so he had to study God's word, though he was a blue-collar carpenter, a laborer. He didn't say, well, that religious stuff is just for, for the women. No, he was a man of faith. He knew the scriptures and followed them. We see that in the life of Jesus. Um, the word of God says, bring your child, present them to the Lord, called the law of Moses. That's the scriptures. Joseph knew that scripture. And he followed it. And that's what faith is. Faith is lining your life up with God's word. Faith is reading and putting it into action. And Joseph did that. Okay, you want me to bring my child? Okay, that's what we're going to do. We can't afford a a ram, but we're going to do what we can. We're going to bring an offering of uh, a few turtle doves. We're going to follow the scripture. So this is in Jesus' early days. This is when Jesus is just an just an infant, just a babe in arms. And what is Joseph doing? He is practicing his faith. That's the kind of house Jesus grew up in. A man that labored hard, he would have taught Jesus the carpentry trade. That would have been part of what happened. But they also taught the word of God. It was valued. And we don't know a lot about Jesus' childhood. We see him in these early infant being presented to the Lord, being born in Bethlehem. We see those early days. And then we don't see much until he's 12 years old. But when we get to 12 years old, the pattern continues. The the story of Jesus being 12 is in Luke chapter 2. So this was something that was practiced in Mary and Joseph's life. They were people of faith. They, They loved God's word and they lived God's word. Guys, I would challenge you to love God's word and I would challenge you to live God's word. The Bible says, I'm just recording it about Joseph, everything that was in the law of the Lord, that's a, everything they knew to do, that's what they did. They were faithful to God's word. In fact, one of the things that they read was, um, we're going ra- to raise Jesus in the faith. I said, that's the greatest gift my dad gave me, and I challenge you. 
parents, people that have influence on this next generation, raise them in the faith. This is why it says that Jesus grew. And he grew in wisdom. And God's favor was on him. Don't we want that for our generation? We want to raise them so that they are in the faith, so that God's favor is on them. That means you need to be a man of God. You say, well, I'm not a minister. We're talking about a carpenter who was a man of God, who shook off his fears and focused his faith, loving, knowing God's word. In fact, the story continues. Jesus is 12, and it says every year. You see the discipline the faithful following of God's word. Every year, they brought Jesus to the Passover festival. That was a long journey from the northern part of their country to the southern part. It was arduous. It was days of journeying. But every year, they said, let's go. We're packing up because the word says we should go for Passover to Jerusalem. Guys, bring your kids to church every week. Moms, Bring your kids every week, not just once a year. Come for the big stuff every year. But this was the way Jesus was raised, with incredible faith, with an incredible faith in God's word. It transformed him. And I encourage you, in this special weekend where we think about dads, we're human. Joseph was human. He had his doubts. And into our doubts, what does God always say? We're learning it in this series. What does God always say when we have doubts? Fear not. I'm with you. I've got a path through this. I've got a path that's going to bless your life. Joseph, probably, we don't even know because there's not a scripture, probably passed away before Jesus went to the cross. But we know he was there at birth, and we know he was there when Jesus was 12. He was there in the formative years of Jesus. And he was a man that you could call a super dad. And that's what we need. We need guys who will rise up, men of faith. The biggest step of faith I would encourage you to consider today is just to open your heart in a fresh way to Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, Hey, believe. Believe in who Jesus Christ is. Open your heart and receive him, and confess him as Savior and Lord. And if you believe in your heart, and you confess Jesus with your mouth, salvation will come to your life. No one is so far away from God that God can't take them in. And I want to pray a simple prayer. And if you are doing this for the first time, just let us know if the platform you're on has a way you can raise your hand, do that. Or I'd encourage you to text YES. Just the word yes to our text number, 941-260-1321. Just let us know. I'm making a decision for Jesus. We simply say, Lord, I turn away from my sins. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Help me to live a life of faith. Help me to be a better dad. That's a good prayer. Help me to be a better dad, a better mom, a better influencer on this next generation. In Jesus' name. We pray it. We believe it. And don't give up. Not easy, but God is with you. In this weekend we think about parenting, keep passing on the gift of faith to this next generation. Hey, I bless you guys. I bless you in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. Happy Father's Day weekend.